0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are we glad to be taking time today with the Lord and to get into His Word today? Amen. We welcome you again to our virtual service today. We pray that the Lord moves right in your home where you are. I know the Anchor Church and I know how you are. You love the Word of God. You love the presence of God. You love the worship God. And I realize we are not here, as Pastor Cody told us just a little bit ago, due to due to circumstances with with a pandemic and several families dealing with this sickness right now. But we have chosen to make the safest decision to protect the body. And uh, we will continue to do that, do that. But I do want to say to you, we're going to worship right here from home. I'm so thankful for our team that is working diligently to make sure service can come to where you are. And I pray that the Lord blesses you today. Uh, the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18 is where I will bring the text today. If you would, even at home, would you stand for the reading of the word? Some of you might be traveling in a place where you can't. I know we understand that. But uh, I've learned the best virtual church is when you do things at home the way you would in the house of God. The same way with saying amen or clapping your hands or raising your hands or worshiping uh, just with a liberty. Uh, It brings such the presence of God, because God is not confined to our praise in a church building. He can move in your house, and can you say amen? Before we read the word, I want us to lift our hands and welcome his presence into our home, and and his word to be blessed into our lives. Would you do that? God, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, that you are the restorer of our soul. I pray today that every life that is watching today, every family would be impacted by the word of the Lord. I feel like, God, you have given me a word for this hour. God, at the end of last week's message, I felt God something move on me. I pray that God today that lives would be touched in Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Our text today is from Jeremiah chapter 18. We will read with verse 1 and read through verse 6. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. Everybody say the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold he wrought a work or he worked a work on the wheels or the potter's wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was weak. It had a a place in the clay that was not good. It wasn't turning out. It seemed the way it should. It was marred where? In the hand of the potter. So what did he do? He made it again. Probably one of the greatest words in Scripture. Is the word again that is not one and done, but it's when God puts his hands on us again. Somebody say, Again, so he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Somebody say amen. I would like to preach to you today on, uh, on being restored. Uh, restored in this house, there is, there is restored vessels. And I do believe that in this house today, that there's going to be people that are going to be moved to come to the house where God can restore vessels. This house restores vessels. Somebody say amen. God bless you as, as you are seated. I think we have to understand today is that in the narrative of this story, and there was more than one narrative that we can take. I, I know last week the narrative that I used was the famine that comes into our life. This week in the potter's house, the narrative is that you are the clay and that sometimes the clay is marred in the hand of the potter. Scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We, somebody say, we are the clay. And thou, our potter. And we all are the work of thine hand. We see this example in Jesus Christ when a man was blind. And in John 9 and 15, it says, Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. This is the man that he put clay in his eyes and sent him to the pool of Siloam and said when he would wash that he would be cleansed. He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes and I washed and See. You see that Jesus was the potter and he healed a man with clay because that man uh, was the work that he had to fix. Can I remind you that, that in Genesis 2 and 7, we see that the previous chapter, everything that God created, he spoke into existence. He said, let there be and there was light and so forth and so on. But when he made man, he... He got personal with it. I believe that he saw a different part of God when he starts dealing with people. He rolls up his sleeves. and He put his hands down in the clay. The Bible says that he formed, formed man from the dust of the ground. He did not just speak it. He formed him with his hands. And we understand that Adam was the first first son of God that we we understand. But from Adam came sin down to us. And the clay of Adam, the clay of humanity was marred. It was weak. It, It had a failure in it. And I'm so glad that he didn't just take humanity and throw it away. But he did it again and through the salvation arm that's why we see Jesus manifest we see God manifest in the flesh and the scripture tells us by his own arm he brought salvation to us and I come to preach to you that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God we've all messed up we've all been ashamed because we were marred in the hand of God but can I tell you he did it again and he makes us new old things passed away Behold, all things have been made new. The psalmist David said it when he. When he sinned, God had handpicked him. God had put David in the throne. God had used him to conquer Goliath and bring deliverance to Israel. But can I tell you, David failed and David's clay was marred in the hand of the potter. But instead of throwing him away, David got on his knees and repented. And he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. You know what? David understood. I might be marred, but the potter knows how to fix the flaw. The potter knows how to fix the failure. It's no accident. It is no accident that the psalmist also wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters and he restoreth. My soul. He's not just the God of perfection. He's the God of the imperfect. And He knows how to take the imperfect and perfect it into what God wants you to be. Yes, we've all got this in common. We were marred, but He made me again. We were flawed, but He made me again. Clap your hands and praise Him if you believe this. Can you shout hallelujah? Amen, 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 amen. And it says, and again, I do believe that, that in this house, the potter's house, the house, that, the house that restores vessels. I believe the anchor church represents that today. I believe this house is a ministry. I believe certainly it's fulfilling purpose is to propagate the gospel to the world. But I believe what God has for us you have different type of specialty of doctors. You do. You, 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 you have orthopedics and you have doctors that work in, in cancer. You have doctors that work with children. Doctors that work with feet. that have specialties. I believe that God has called the anchor to restore people. Amen. Do you believe that? I, I believe God has called us to restore people. And I do believe it's the nature of God. To restore what others would throw away. What some of you, yourself, would have thrown away. Probably one of the hardest jobs of being a pastor that believes in restoration is convincing people that they can be restored. It's probably the hardest part. I already know what God wants to do. Because I prayed and I know what he has said. But I have seen people throw themselves away. Never to be used again. Jeremiah 18 leads to Jeremiah 19, which becomes the Valley of Hinnom, which becomes known as the Potter's Field. If you'll find that when Judas returned the thirty pieces of silver that he sold Jesus for, you find something very interesting. Is when they said, uh, "We can't put this money in the treasury for the quarry," he said, "Because it's it's blood money. What are we going to do with it?" The Pharisees said, "The ones that had crucified him. What are we going to do with the money? Let's purchase. Let's purchase the Potter's Field. The Potter's Field was the place where they threw the trash out. It's where all the broken vessels would have been. It's what Jeremiah 19 said. It's broken to not be put back together again. Jeremiah 18. Yes." you see in the potter's house. Jeremiah 19, you see what seemingly is a hopeless situation. I'm going to tell you why it was hopeless, because Calvary hadn't happened yet. But when Jesus was crucified, anything is possible. Eighteen years of sin and 18 seconds in an altar. And God softens what has been hardened and broken and put, put to no hope and to no use. I'm going to tell you what God can do. God can take ministries and restore them. Today, I tell you that the first thing to understand about the potter is you must understand is that the potter chooses the clay. I want you to say that. The potter chooses the clay. I just so happen to have a big chunk of clay here today. And um, you, you can't be a potter and not get dirty. You're going to get dirty if you're a potter. And what you have to understand to, to be a, a potter, you've got to put your hands into the clay. It's, I, I could sit over there and talk about it all day, but ministry's not just talking about it. Ministry's getting involved in it. And that's why you see that the Lord left the throne of heaven and it came down to earth and he put his hands. I'm going to say more than that. John 4 tells us that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But the scripture also tells us this. It says that God was manifest in the flesh. He became so involved in the ministry that the creator became the creation. The creator, the clean glory of God, became likened, the Bible says, into uh, likened unto sinful flesh, but he had no sin in him. He condemned the sin in the flesh and to understand that, that the potter for a moment became the clay. I'm talking about willing to get involved. You're talking about willing to be dirty, to be spit upon and mocked and ridiculed. And... Uh, he rolled his sleeves up. Matter of fact, he wasn't even born in the nicest city. He was, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He went to the lowest state of the area. And they'd never dreamt, even his own community, would have never thought that the Messiah, that the Messiah would have come into Nazareth. But what was he doing? He wasn't going to save some. He wanted to save all. And so as the potter does, he, he, he takes time and, and uh, to choose the clay, and then the chapter you read, as, as I read earlier, and I'm a mess right now. That's ministry for you. Ministry is messy, and I've also learned in this this clay that are you ready for this? Because I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but I'm trying right now. I haven't done this since seventh grade. I do know but it works better when you baptize it. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> when you get the water on it, you got, you got to get some water on it. it, it it's, it's more pliable when you get the water on it. It's, it, it. It works better when you get them baptized in the spirit. It's amazing our attitudes sometimes until we get baptized in the spirit. I've seen, I've seen hard people become softened in the spirit. And it causes people that were hard and hateful and grumbling and complaining and hopeless and set in their ways. It, 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 it causes them to, to soften up, to, to be moldable and pliable. Can I tell you today that if God's going to use you, you've got to be moldable. You've got to let God mold your mind. You've got to let him mold your spirit. What you thought was going to happen and you start understanding that might not be what happens to me. Because God declares the end from the beginning. And you know what I've got to be willing to do? I've got to be willing to change. You come in just a blob. Your life was a mess. It seemed like everything was over even for the marriage. But you know what would happen? If you would just get in the altar, you would just get in the spirit and say, Lord, I need you to make the changes in my life that I cannot make. I'm telling you, he's going to change your form. He's going to change your future. All because you were willing to be pliable in his presence david made the statement in the scripture the psalmist did he said i had this thought i was so so frustrated until i got into the sanctuary could i tell you another verse says in in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore aren't you glad that one day god put his hands into your heart he put his hands into your mess He put his hands in your life, and I realize you might have some flaws. I realize there's some things in your life that might be marred, but guess what? He chose you. He somebody shout, He chose the clay. I've got my flaws, I've got my issues, but here's what I know. He reached into the earth and he put me in his hand, and he put me on his wheel. Can I tell you, he put me in his house. And if I'm in his house, he can do it again. If he brought me to the house, then he can mold me into what he wants me to be. Can I tell everyone viewing right now, and even those that are on the team helping today, can I tell you right now that he chose you. And don't ever forget that you were marred not in his absence. You were marred in his hand. The Bible says, and the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. You have to realize that, I don't know if they can zoom up here, and maybe, maybe they could zoom up and get a little closer here. But when you're in the potter's house, Guess what? The potter's willing to get dirty. There's a verse, there's a verse in Exodus. And it says this, in Exodus. It says that when the anointed touches the defiled, it sanctifies the defiled. It makes it holy. Because salt and light are always... The dominant darkness never influences the light, light always influences the darkness. Food does not influence the salt, salt always influences the food. What I'm saying is, when the sanctified, the anointed, how many know he's the Messiah, the anointed one? When he touches you, the dirt becomes holy, it's marred. And I realize, listen, he's not scared of your dirt. Well, pastor, I just, I don't know. You know, I, I want to live right. I want to do right. But, you know, pastor, I don't know if I am. I, I, I really don't know if I'm. A, a, I've got to get some things in order. That's how people tell me. For years, they've told me I, I've got to get some things. You know, when I, when I get good, when I get good enough, I'm going to come and live for God. You'll never be here. You're never going to show up. If you say that, you're never going to show up. Because the truth of the matter is there is in you no good thing. When I would do good, evil is present with me. Why don't you just let the potter who chose you and called you you to him, won't you let him put his hands in your life and mold you into what he wants you to be? Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he starts making this vessel. One thing you're going to find out in in the potter's house, this is a mess up here. Finn, I know you want to get your hands in that. You might as well put your hands in that. He's been itching to get dirty. Any of you have an eight-year-old boy and you have he? And maybe do it like this, Finn, if you can. Maybe, maybe do like that, all right? Here's what I've learned in the potter's house. Every potter has a wheel. And in that wheel, guess what? It spins that vessel. It spins that vessel in circles. It's the circle. It's the It's the. It's the Repeating of going in circles that causes it to be formed into a specific shape that's consistent. Yeah. Amazing as that just the spinning doing the same thing over and over again brings consistency to the vessel. Wow. Yeah. Enter in thou good and faithful. And you cannot be shaped with one day of Bible reading every now and then. Showing up at church Easter and Christmas. You you, you can't be shaped just doing it your own way. You have to submit your will to the potter and let him spin you and keep his hand on your life. Can I I say to everybody that's watching, don't compare yourselves among yourselves. Because guess what? Everybody's not going to do the same. You've got to let God do with you what he's doing and shaping you into the vessel he wants you to be. He said, as it seemed good to him. Does this make sense to everybody? And, uh, and so, but it is, it is the continuity of, of going and, how about this? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Morning devotion, morning devotion, morning devotion. That one day a week that you fast. that that giving that you do consistently, you committed to once a month, those things. As you are being faithful to God in consistency, guess what God is doing to you? He is shaping you. You are better tomorrow than you will be today. And you're better today than you were yesterday. That's the power, that's the power of the potter's wheel. His hands are, do you believe God's hands are constantly on you? Clap your hands if you would, if you believe that. And this is what God has called us to. He shapes it and he molds it. And you know, you know what he doesn't do? He's not going to leave it there because it, it, has to be, it has to be taken care of until it's put in the oven. And, and uh, you know what? I'm making a bowl here right now. And I'm going to have to have somebody professional know how to put it in the oven. But what, what are you going to become? Every ministry starts in a clump of clay. And it it becomes shaped into something that's usable. When this is done, it's going to be able to hold something. Just like this here. Matter of fact, it could even hold some water here right now. There's There's some water in it. I'm not done. I'll be done in a few minutes. But I'm going to tell you what the anchor has done. And the anchor church is going to continue to do. Because there are people that the devil is lying to making them feel like that they can never be used of God. I'm preaching to some of those people. I believe that there are some people, I believe there are some people that would love to have hope again in their life, but they have felt like they failed God and they were marred. Can I tell you that God has a plan for your life? I want everybody to clap your hands and shout hallelujah to that. I believe there are more cities that restoration is going to come to. I believe there are more preachers that restoration is going to come to. I believe there are missionaries that are going to be called and raised up to be sent to other cities, other, come on, other states and other nations. Do you believe that? But the church has got to believe it. I come to preach to you, this house restores ministries. This house restores cities. This house restores preacher's children. This house restores elders. This house is going to restore missionaries. Amen. Why? Because we believe he could put the work on the wheel and make it again. Yes. That old song says you may not know how and you may not know when, but he will do it again. Yes. Amen. You can be seated. It was years ago that God began to deal with me about a west wind, a west wind, west winds are winds of restoration. The Bible tells us in Exodus that the east wind brought judgment. But it says that the west wind brings restoration. I want everybody to say the west winds of restoration. I was in my office and received a phone call. Sister Dudley from Cambridge, Ohio called me. And uh, she said, Brother Bounds, and there had been a tragedy in the family. The pastor had passed away. And uh, she said, would it be okay, Brother Mark Meelig, our associate pastor. One of the first things I did when I became the pastor of the anchor is, I put Brother Mark Meelik in as our associate pastor. He is one of the most faithful, committed men. He and Sister Rhonda are one of the most amazing people you ever meet. And uh, we want to honor them today. And this is a part of this message of honoring Pastor and Sister Melik. And uh, Brother Melik arranged for people to go up and preach and take care of the church and minister Sunday after Sunday after sur- Sunday when Brother Dudley passed away. And it was some time later, a few months later, that Sister Dudley contacted me and, and she said, she said, Brother Bounds, she said, I've been praying and I just want to know, would, would it be okay if our church came under the care of the Anchor Church? I said, absolutely. We would be glad to help in any way that we can. It was some time later that Brother Melick, I remember It was November the 8th, um, might have been that same year that we put Brother Mark Mielek in as the pastor of the Calvary Apostolic Tabernacle. Within one week of Sister Dudley calling me and we took on that responsibility to bring restoration there and healing into the Calvary Apostolic Tabernacle. That I, I looked and on my agenda in my office, Brother Gary Sharp had come to see me. I went to the office, I wasn't sure what he wanted to meet about, but he was also a pastor in Cambridge, and this was within one week of Sister Dudley asking us to become the overseer of their church that Reverend Sharp, Pastor Sharp, he told me, he said, uh, Brother Bounds, he said, I've been praying, and he said, I feel like it's the will of God for you to become the pastor of Crossroads Apostolic Church in Cambridge. He didn't know Sister Dudley had come to me. She didn't know that Brother Sharp was gonna come to me. The chances? Think about this for a minute. What are the chances that two apostolic churches in one city would ask us to take the church in that those two churches in the city one week apart? I'm going to tell you what that is. That's the will of God. That's the anointing of the Lord. That's the hand of God operating. And I remember I I needed a few weeks. I told him, I said, I I need a few weeks and uh, I need a few weeks and And to pray about it, and I asked my elders, all of my elders, and even after prayer, all the elders in my life, they said, this is the will of God. So I drove up, as we had a scheduled meeting, I drove up to Cambridge and had never seen the building. And I walked in, he told me which door to come through, and he was going to be in his office, we was going to discuss transition. I walked into the basement of that building, and when I did, when I took the first step down from the back parking lot into that building, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if you will go, he said, I will prepare the heart of the man. That's what he told me. If you go, I'll prepare the heart of the man. I didn't know what that meant, except God was gonna prepare a pastor for that church under my ministry. It happened to be about the same time that this beautiful family, Josh and Rebecca Crispin and their five children, To the anchor. It was maybe just a a, a few Sundays before, or maybe just a few Sundays after. I can't remember the timeline. Brother Christman showed up to our church. I was preaching on a Sunday morning on why we baptize in Jesus' name. And and I'll I'll never forget what happened. And he later told me, he said, I'd been a pastor in the Cambridge area. And he said, I'd become very, very discouraged. He said, matter of fact, I walked out one day and I made my mind up. I would never pastor again. And then he said, I made my mind up I wouldn't preach anymore again. He was discouraged. And it was probably a year and a half later, after that, that that he was driving up Maple Avenue and saw a Billboard and showed at the anchor church. And he said, I I, I remember, I remember Brother Bounds. He'd preached at a conference at my uncle's church. He said, Honey, we need to bring our. Ch- children to church. Our children need to be in a move of God. Our children need to be in the presence of God. And I want to say to everybody watching right now who will, who will hear this message, I want to tell you today that your children do need to be in the presence of God. It is what's going to mold them into the vessels that they need to become. Amen. If there's ever an hour we need a move of God, I realize there's discord in our country. I realize that there's discord in poverty politics. I understand there's a pestilence up on the earth, but don't ever forget the power of a move of the presence of God in our lives. It can bring healing. It can bring greatness and it can bring clarity to our future. Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget when he told me later about, he had been pondering baptism and things as a pastor and the first message I preached it was an ordered step of God the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and, and I'll never get I preached while we baptize in Jesus name I was privileged to, pass, to uh, baptize uh, Brother Chrisman and Sister Chrisman for their children because Ashlyn was too small. Later she was baptized, and they all, Amen. Brother Chrisman already had the Holy Ghost, but the rest of them were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to clap our hands and thank God for that. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. They attended here faithfully, and and I was now the pastor of the church. It was the anchor of Cambridge now, and I pastored there for a little over three years, but. Well I was there, I remember pondering who's the next man? Who is the who is the the the, the one that the heart is gonna be prepared? Who's the one? He said, if you'll go, I will prepare the heart of the man. I later come to find out in prayer. He and I took a trip down to Tennessee and, and I told him, I said, Do you think you'll ever pastor again? tears came in his eyes and he said yes I said do you have a burden for Cambridge he said I do and I realized then somewhere in the journey somewhere over receiving that word in the basement of a, of a church that I didn't even know yet when God said if you'll go I'll prepare the heart of a man that's somewhere in that baptismal moment somewhere in three years of consistent prayer you would see this man lay on the altar with his FedEx boots and FedEx outfits and God was working a man on the wheel. I'm glad to tell you today that Pastor Chrisman has has been restored back to pastoring in the city where he used to pastor with an apostolic truth, the apostolic gospel. How many know God's able to put you back on the wheel and say, I've got a work for you to do. It's a beautiful sight to see he and Sister Rebecca, amen, and to see their children all worshiping God, singing, playing the keyboard, the drums, involved in the church. You know what Cambridge has? Cambridge has an intercessor. Watch how the story unfolds. You can be seated. Mark Melick is, and I I wonder because we had two different churches, two different churches in Cambridge, one one on the east end and one on the south end. and, uh, and I remember wondering, will we always have two churches there? Brother Noe Bedrentos was in town several years ago, and he was preaching revival there for me. And I said, what do you feel about this city? He said, the Lord's going to bring these two churches together. And Brother Meelik, Brother Melick one of the greatest ministers of restoration that I know. When God puts Mark Melick in your life, he puts a potter's hand in your world. We, we heard the song a few years ago. It says, if you are my body, then why aren't your hands reaching? When I'm preaching to you, as I preached last week, that the potter of the house is the body. Do you believe that? And Mark Melick dealing with a tragedy in that church, he was able to restore a broken people back to a place of faith after the loss of their pastor and after years of being there he came to me and said i feel it's time to transition and guess what we have merged two congregations together not too long just a just a few months ago even during this pandemic god has merged those two congregations together and guess what he texted me randomly this morning about it. He said, I just want you to know, he said, we've baptized five of our saints from the Calvary Apostolic Tabernacle at the anchor of Cambridge and one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I think you ought to jump your feet and shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. I'm convinced that there's a preacher's kid somewhere. I'm convinced that there's a backslider somewhere. I'm convinced that there's somebody gonna watch this message, somebody's gonna hear this message, and you say, I feel like it's over. I feel like you're gonna be there's another, there's another Brother Christman that felt like ministry was over forever. But I believe that there's a potter's house that has an atmosphere of the power of God and restoration that they're gonna be able to believe again. God's not done with me, God's not done with my ministry, God's not done with my calling. I've got a city to reach. Can I say to you today that he didn't only restore the preacher. He's restoring a city. He's restoring a city. Do you believe that? Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about Mark Mielek right now. Mark Mielek was able, he got the call to go down to McConnellsville. And and, and look, look, I have the picture. I was there. I did the service where he... Turn the church over to Pastor Nehemiah Gators. He was a part of the restoration. What I'm saying is this church and this uh, I'm trying to honor the pastors this week and, and uh, honored some of them last week, but we've got Nehemiah, we, we've got Nehemiah McConnell's ill because Mark Meelik. A part of the role, because it's not just a hand, it's hands. It's hands. Do y'all feel what I'm preaching right now. This house restores. Vessels. I want you to stand in your homes everywhere you are. The music could come. I, th- I think of a, often who's the next Noe Bedard that's going to come to our church that's marred, that was raised with a level of faith but did not know God and had Mars? Who's going to be the next Jennifer Russell? Stuck but now restored. Who's say to you, I want you to understand that the potter's house restores vessels. I will prepare the heart of the man. And boy, did God ever do that. He prepared the heart. I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes. and Say, God created me a clean heart. I've had some failures. I've had some things. I've had some discouragements. Some of you, it's sin. Others, as I preached today, about Brother Chrisman it was just discouragement. But today, there's the presence. somehow we could just get you into the presence of God. Oh, but I'm dirty. The Potter's hand isn't concerned about your dirt. He's concerned about your heart. And if you'll just let him reach beyond all the dirt, he's going to heal things that you never thought could be healed. I grew up hearing a song that says, He looked beyond my faults and saw my knees. He knew me, yet he loved me. His glory reigned, made the heavens to shine. I'm so unworthy Of his mercy. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Lord, I pray right now that we will become and will continue to restore lives. People can be restored, but others. To become ministers, oh God, like Mark Melech. Ministers of restoration. Oh God, I feel your presence right now, healing and calling and moving and stirring. (laughs) Come on, right now where you are, I want you to tell the Lord. Today, in this story, you're either the clay or you're the potter. God uses people to help people. That's why we love God and we love people. He told Moses, he said, through your hands, I'm going to bring deliverance to Israel. But right before that, he said, I'm going to deliver them by my my hand. But how am I going to do it? I'm going to do it through you. I've watched people in the Cambridge area that have been restored to truth. Blacks backsliders return. It's replicated exactly what's happening here is happening in that city. I, I see that in the other cities. What's happening is here's happening in Crooksville. What's happening is here is replicated in Guatemala, now Southeast Asia. Because everywhere we go, there's a potter's house. That's open. Listen, if you came to this house, it's because God chose you. I want everybody to say the Potter chose the clay in its imperfection. Paul said, as I close, that word "mar" actually can be interpreted weakness, but Paul saw at one time, but Potter got a hold of him. He said, in my weakness, his. Y'all relate with this? In my weakness, his strength has made I am, he said, what I am because of Jesus Christ or because of the pottery. Do you have things in your life? Do you have mars in your life? Do you have flaws in your life? I know I have. But God put his hands on me. And in a circle of faithfulness, he shaped me into something that he could be could, could be used. I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes right where you are. And say, God. I want you to make me into a vessel of honor Romans 9 because out of the same clay could be made a vessel of dishonor but today oh God we want to see restoration in cities restoration in ministries restoration in people help us God to get back to the potter's wheel help us be willing to get our hands on some clay it's a messy messy ministry I'm going to get some of their dirt on me. I'm going to get some of their emotions on me. I'm going to get some of their, 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 their story on me. Their brokenness on me. But God, I'm going to take it to prayer and healing is going to happen. Marred in the hand of the potter. Come on, ministry. Come on, ministry teams, pray. Come on, if you're watching right now, go ahead and tell the Lord created me a clean heart. Renewing me